Am I, I wonder if I'm downing too many vitamins or something. <laughs> and it's just like, your body don't need this, man. Welcome to BJJ and Brews, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, 4 p.m. at the dojo. Yeah. Noah here. The, the, I'm with dojo? Chris. I'm going to the dojo today. Academy? That's what Paul says, actually. Does he say? Oh. He says dojo, but you're, you're right. The academy. We're here at the, the academy. I just say the gym because... The gym. Or, but I, I like academy. I think do that's you? good. Okay. Like why, why? Let's... let's we were talking about let's, let's do yeah, our quick right. intro. This is BJJ and Bruce. We talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> there's no subject matter. There's no. Uh, what's the word? We do not have an agenda. There's no script. Yeah. There's no. None there's no at script. All. But yeah, it's a Monday, so we're we're trying to get ahead of things now. Uh, now that things are starting to get a little more relaxed in the state of Florida, at least when it comes to the pandemic. Yeah, we'll see how that we'll happens in about we, two weeks. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. I mean. But we're uh, we're gonna try and record a little more frequently so we get a little backlog of of episodes, so we're not under the gun every weekend backlog, to record a new okay. one. You know. Cushion. So, like, subscribe, share. We're BJJ and Brews on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, but YouTube isn't up yet, so that's that's coming when I have some free time. And as Chris always reminds me, share. Share. Like, or leave a five-star review. Share. Follow, leave a five-star review on every Apple, on every platform. Every platform. We will, uh, we're shameless <laughs> about the plugs. So, Chris, go ahead. You were talking, okay, so first of all, before we went live, you said you had had... 64 ounces of water plus 32, plus 32 ounces. which and, is and well above not, the and recommended you're, And you're not eight. being clear. I'm not being clear, which is crazy. And Do I you take a lot of vitamin B? I, I, vitamin I take B. a multivitamin. That's it. Vitamin B, for example, what you which don't... Which B? I don't know. It's like what, what you don't... What you don't absorb just passes through. Well, and it, all and it definitely makes vitamins do that. But it's notorious for making your is urine really? very yellow. But were you like, what's this? Were you like apple cider? No, no, no. It did, I, I, not like rhabdo. Okay, like, that's good. You know, ugh. It was, I was, it was a lot more. It was less. It was a lot less clear, or I guess than you would expect. Far more, or far, far, far darker than I would expect. But I, I feel hydrated, so it's okay. It's that's good. Bizarre, well, we'll see know. on the mats how you feel. I guess so. As if I collapse over in the middle of you know warm ups, then <laughs> just dial nine one and. Well, if you lead the warm up, I start doing like push ups and oh, squats. Yeah. Do, do you all not not like that, huh? I uh, I think it's antiquated. That's my reaction, but I don't mind. I, I, I like, like seeing it. other people bitch out about it. Oh right? hell yeah, Troy! I mean, oh my god! Oh, <laughs> these brown or these black belts think they oh, they're just trying. Whatever. Yeah, man. So in that respect, I re- I appreciate the old school calisthenics warm up. You know, it's a good. So here's here's it too, right? Like, I look around when people are drilling. They ain't drilling, <laughs> so that I'm gonna make sure they w- they break some sort of a sweat in five minutes. Dude, I I don't know if you uh, if you recall uh, how we recorded on Saturday, but I listened to that episode. It's it's already up. You can you're you obviously have access yeah. to it now. And when you uh, brought Mar- uh, Mark over, Mark Bowen over, to uh, to compliment him on. On just how fucking awesome putting he is. his nose to the grindstone. You were really going off on the whole idea of like, I fucking love it and respect the hell out of people that just put their nose to the grindstone yeah, and put the work in. And I was like, where did the, cause you are very much the, you know, I'm just going to lay back, play guard. I'm all about the promotion of jujitsu. But then you are also had this hard kind of old school moment of like, I like when the guys just put in the fucking work, bro. I mean, like regardless though, I mean like even, if you just if you come and you show up and you work, you know, like how how can you not respect that? Oh, one hundred percent. You know, like why why wouldn't I give him props, especially being a new member who's 
who's going above and beyond to be honest you know and and if he continues the attitude like he's he's he'll be that fighter that he wants to be oh absolutely you know and, and i think and he has a good attitude when it comes to where he is you yeah. know like he's he like he said i a lot of people don't know how to handle losing and he just you know get back up there and go fall off the horse get back on the horse right. and go like, again you know you know it's it's not, people he people talk a big game about how much they love stuff and how much they love doing things and stuff but when but then they come when we're drilling weeks, and it's like 15 minutes of drilling that technique but you've done like four reps and you're sure. talking about how you saw this grip by whoever you ain't working man so Chris Vu, if, if you're a student uh, in a Chris Vu class, what are some of the things a student should do, can do to impress you? And what are some things that are real no-nos in your book? Um, and this, this is probably hearkening back to my traditional martial arts days. I hate tardiness. Man, like, I, I get it. If you're a kid or something, you don't have access to a vehicle. Like, show up on time. Like, above, above all, show up on time and show up ready to work. You know, like, if you're fucking tying your belt while you're walking on the mat, oh, my God. Like, you need to be in line when I say line up. Or how that, about the people that show up, like, a few minutes before but take their time in the in the locker room? I can't. And I, we're already I, warming up? I can't deal with that. I mean, like, I'm I'm, I'm just not going to be the asshole that makes people no, like, actually, do No, actually, I've before. seen you. you. You've been more, you've been, you've been more uh, strict about that than Paul when it, when it comes to calling people out. Like, you'll bring them on the mat, but you'll make a comment like, hey, man. You do know. I do that really? Oh yeah, I've heard you make comments and stuff. Really? Okay. I'm with if you I on do, that. It's I'm with I mean, you on it's that. just it's just like you're to me, you're anytime you step on the mats, right? Like there there's a reason why we bow on the mats. I know it's that's a little antiquated, right? But we mm-hmm. do come from a kind of traditional martial art. And you're you're respecting the mats, you know, you're respecting the people on the mats, you're respecting your instructor. All of these resources are here to help you improve yourself and become a better version of yourself. And if you, I understand like things happen and stuff like that, but like you you need to respect all that, you know, like that's what, that's why we still bow. That's why we still fist bump and that sort of thing. It's all about just this mutual respect that I'm here to help you work and you're here to help me work. So I, it's, it's a little maybe romanticized about, you know, just being here as a martial artist and whatnot, but we're all here for each other, you know? Like, I, I don't do the speech anymore about, before we spar, about how we're supposed to take care of one another. I mean, like, I, I've got, I've condensed it a little bit to, like, five bullet points that I don't want to see people doing, but I, I can, maybe, perhaps I'll do that, about, like, how the most important training tool that you have isn't the heavy bags, and it's not your gi, it's it's the guy you're rolling with, and you're you're about to slap and bump their fist, you know? And if you're an asshole to them, then you're you're mistreating equipment, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And someone's pot- and livelihood potentially, you know. Like, imagine you have to limp into work, or you know, yeah, that's just that sucks. That. Like, don't be that guy. So, well, I I think also when people come to class and they kind of have their own agenda, where it's like I'm using the class to further what I want to develop, and I'm not going to like be a 100% participating student then in the class. Then don't go to that class. Exactly. But then drill on the side. Drill on but the, yeah. they don't know anybody. They're not friends with anybody, so they can't drill on the side. You know what I mean? It's, it's Well, then that's your fucking I problem, know that. Right? Well, I, like, I know that, but I've seen that too. Uh, very rarely, but I have seen that. And that that that's kind of irks me. That's It's just disrespectful. I mean, that's like the ultimate. I mean, like, you're when you step on the mats as a student, you know, like, you should be humbling yourself 
to say like I'm I'm laying my blank canvas before the instructor to help you improve me, right? Like, mm-hmm. and if you approach it like you said with some sort of agenda, then man, fuck off. Like, go. Okay, so go, what? Go drill it, in the corner. You what know? about let let let's be positive because we start with negative. Let's be positive. What I'm not are being, some I'm things? I'm not being negative though. No, but you know, you're calling out you're calling out behavior that's frowned upon. That you know that you right. frowned. I mean, or just ignored. What about? I mean. What are things that students do that impress you? Man, like... And obviously you can say the opposite of like showing up on time and like, I get that, but maybe something a little, that's a little more unusual. If you're actively watching and it's, and it's an annoying thing, but it's impressive to me is when like, for example, like Paul shows like the initial technique, right? Of we were doing a clock joke on Correct. Saturday. And yeah, I did that. I did that, is that during I'm, the day. I'm yeah. Good, so I'll be consistent with it. Tuesday, mm-hmm. Thursday, assuming he doesn't change it up tonight. No, he's going to do it today too. Okay, good. Um, you know, if and it's an annoyance for the overall like flow of the class, but impresses me because it shows that people are using their minds to critically think and and actually drill the material. Is like you know, you you spend three minutes drilling the technique after he initially shows it, and you're still kind of playing with it and working with the grips and stuff. And he's like, all right, guys, bring it in real quick. And you see there's always that one fucking pair of people who are still zoned out and, like, into it. Like, that's awesome. That means, like, you are actively trying to make make yourself better and learn technique. Um, that's that's awesome, man. Like, mindless reps is... Uh, get out of here, right? Like, I mean, it's good that you're repping, but, like, like actively using it. Yeah, it, everything's with purpose. So if you're, you know, you're actively trying to learn, then that's that, that impresses me and... and and doing what you're asked when you're asked in, in a, uh, I don't know, like just showing just good self-control and good discipline, I think. So would you, are you, from a coaching perspective, are you a coach that, like a lot of coaches say, I care less about talent, I care more about the quality of student and intelligence of that person I'm working with? Intelligence is, I, don't, I wouldn't say that. Um, I get, being intelligent, I mean it being like coachable. Coachable, yes. It's like, I'll take more coachable people over talented people. Yeah, because talented people, I, I mean, like... Obviously, if you have both, it's great. Oh, I mean, ideally, right? Like, and, and in general, But if like, you had you, to pick one or the other, you take coachable over talented. Oh, absolutely. I think I think everybody would, right? Unless you want... Unless I'm not trying to make money off of this. You know, sure. like, uh, you know, like people who... Like Come the on, dude, that, we're like, competing with Atos in 2021 for yeah. team title. Most, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like that. I absolutely. I don't. I I can't imagine if you had three options: natural athlete, coachable, or a blend of both. Ideally, I think everybody would say a blend of both, right? But like, if I had only one choice between pure talent versus the dude who no no talent at all but willing to learn and ask the right questions and work at it, I mean, of course. So, I mean, I would, I would rather take B, you know, sure. just because they're a better student. And I think in the long run for, like, sustainability, I think of it like, you ever played uh, Knights of the Old Republic? Yeah. There's, like, the Sith. And then, like, they can get super powerful, like, really quick. Like, the, the learning curve is very short. But, like, as a Jedi, you know, it takes a little bit longer to develop your skills. And the skill trees are a little bit more, a little bit longer to develop. But, like, overall, at the end of the day, when they both reach level 60 or the cases, like, that Jedi is going to be far more powerful. You're like it's it's less sexy, but I, I, I just that grindstone attitude. Like I I love that you know. So I was wondering when I was driving over here. This is how I get my inspiration for the podcast. I'm driving over. I'm like, what would be some good stuff to talk about? And 
we've we've talked about this a little bit in a roundabout way, but not directly in in the way I'm going to ask the question, which is, besides Paul, who are some of the other influences on your jujitsu, more so from techniques than philosophy? Because I know from philosophy you'll say Matt Thornton, and I'll and, roll my yeah mind. Thornton and Paul. Well, yeah, mean, but yeah, excluding Paul, exclude, we know okay, I'm sorry. this is like excluding Paul. Technique? Yeah, like, w- w- you, you know, so for example, you do a lot of closed guard stuff. Paul teaches closed guard, but not necessarily what you do, you know? Like, right. you, you've, you, you've taken in a different direction. What uh, practitioners or coaches have you kind of drawn inspiration from or copied technique from I can like? say half guard wise, for example, that's, that's Jose. Jose Figueroa. Yeah, Jose okay. for sure. I mean, because I spent quite a bit of time with him, um, working the the just the the half sequence that I do a lot. Um, so you, the half butterfly sequence. No, that actually that kind of came from me. Okay. Of that, that's actually Eddie Bravo. That's Eddie Bravo. Because that's like that was my attempt to jailbreak, and I just happened to end up in butterfly half a lot okay. because I have enough mobility to be able to sneak that far leg in. On that topic of Eddie Bravo, we were unsure. We were talking about positions one, two, and three in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Position four is essentially twister side That's control. You do not have to hook the leg. Hooking the leg is not part of twister side what, control. That would be quarter guard then, right? No, it's not actually quarter guard because you're hooking the top leg. You're not hooking the oh, bottom. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. It's actually that's you're starting. That's to actually three quarter mount. You're entering. You're basically entering the twister. Yeah, yeah. Or you're okay. entering truck. And then you can you're entering the truck if you start doing that. But just what we would consider position four would be more or less twister side control. I saw how I watched Eddie Bravo. I saw a couple of videos from a while ago. This is like eight years ago, ten years ago of him teaching it. And more or less, it's principally like what it's what Paul shows. Yeah, you know, like using it as a means Eddie to Bravo. By the way, is a, is a great salesman when it comes to coaching. Oh yeah, like yeah. he's a very good talker. You know about. He just everything he says. It's I have, very I, magnetic, right? Exactly, like his energy, there's a charisma to it, one hundred percent. But twister side control is pretty. Now we don't care as much about whether the far arm, is, like he definitely wants both arms open on on his back. So the guy on right. top has opened up the bottom person's arms, and they're on his back essentially. Like where yeah, we it, can, it, yeah, where we, we think could it's have, unstable. where Paul we'll say you can attack Kamoras on the far arm if they try to give you an underhook or something. So we're a little more lax, but more or less it's twister cycle. Because we also haven't locked it down as a part of a yeah. series, mm-hmm. right? Um, I wow. did that today. It was, dude, it, today I, I brought with some new stuff. Taking a break from jujitsu, the first day was rest. The second day I was like, I need to start studying some stuff. And I got some new hotness to work on. Good. So I'm, I'm inspired. But continue. So you got... You got you said Eddie Bravo when it came to butterfly the hook, half the yeah. butterfly half okay and that like what I do with it from there wasn't really Eddie Bravo just that just me that was like that a jumping position. off point for mm-hmm. you but like you said close guard I think that might be that's one of two things it's either so the first jujitsu any sort of formal instruction well not even formal instruction but just like um introduction to jujitsu in terms of like what the fundamentals are is actually mastering jujitsu a book written by ghost written by john danaher they say the author is enzo gracie it's not really okay it's um 
And it was jujitsu as applied to an MMA application. And that's that's where I got my hierarchy from. Mm. And uh, close guard being what was then considered a purely neutral position. Um, and I think from there when I joined Gracie Baja, because they are such a traditional curriculum, I, I did a lot of close guard there. So that's the first one you learn. You Going know? back to the Jose and the half guard, if, if butterfly half was not what Jose was showing, and you said this is the half guard that I've, I don't see you. I haven't really seen you play half guard too too much without a butterfly hook. So was that like a tight waist series, like going for underhooks, or were you playing Z guard? Like what, what kind of okay, half guard so were you playing? Ha- that's interesting. Um, half to me, it started as a. Oh man, like. Yeah, I guess I don't really play half guard that much, do I? The only half guard, well, you do play a half guard, but you you pretty much very quickly go to butterfly half. But I've seen you, the half guard I see you play is a knee shield that's almost perpendicular to the ground mm-hmm. where you're putting that the knee shield foot on the opponent's hip. Hip to be able, and that's to and regain. And that's like straight up in the air. And that's when Paul actually, and the reason I know that is Paul was talking about passing half, uh, the knee shield and knee using shield. you as an example of yeah. people that tend to play with the knee it's, shield it's, almost perpendicular. You can't, you can't collapse the knee. Yeah. But now you can do these things and you can also attack you can attack heel hooks. You're not you're giving up points potentially. You know, yeah. you're falling back. I mean like But it's a good entry for an outside heel hook. I don't know where I I think it's a failed scissor sweep. Oh. Yeah, but but what do you when you get to half guard, what were you playing with Jose? I would try to actually old school sweep. What's what's an what's the old school? That's sweep? so old school is actually the Eddie Bravo uh, tight waist underhook with the near side arm to the far ankle. Okay, so a scoop. You scoop. Uh, Dan Hart calls that a scoop. You you underhook with. Oh arms yeah, scoop on grip. Arm. I follow so that. Yeah. <laughs> so you scoop grip with the okay. near side arm, and you tight waist and reach around and actually okay. two on one the far ankle. Yep. Okay, I know. So that's Paul's the, even shown that. Yeah. So that's like that's that would be the basis of. And you were either it was constantly failed. So like, I and you to either back would out. like pull like roll it, back. Roll, yeah. Either or just they literally finish a single basically, or, or then yeah, you come up and finish a single. Yeah. So, so that old school, that, that I would call that a tight waist series. Or even though you're going that, below the, you're actually going below the waist. You're going like. I mean, it's it's it, you're it, around. Just to have you're below their butt. hips with an underhook, yeah. right? So. Um, yeah, that. That's or, a variation of a tight yeah. waist. I mean, like that's what I think I initially started okay. with. So just traditional. Yeah, super traditional. Underhook. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, and then try to come. You know, and if that fails, then take them the other way, which is Plan B. I think it is. And if not, then come up to dogfight and stuff. But. Dude, I think it's amazing with with me just doing the half guard. It's like until you have everything covered, it feels like half guard doesn't work. Because it's because people from a the passers it's, are it's good a half enough. Pass. I know, but people are good enough to find the weakness. Like it's, it seems like most of the guys I'm, I go with are intelligent enough to figure out where the weakness is. And if I don't know the reaction for that, like what I'm realizing is when I watch like pros go, it's like why are they so set tentative to pass? They're tentative to pass because any entry they try, the guy on bottom knows how to react to that and from put them in position? trouble. Repeat that again. If you're passing half guard from top. Okay. Like, you'll see these guys kind of stall. Or any guard. I'll, I'll use any guard. Like, that's why passing is like, you know, you see a high-level match. It's not like go, go, go. They're, like, doing some grip fighting. And then they're kind of just sitting there. 
kind of in this weight where it's like, you know, the passer is usually like has a good low center of gravity. So the guy in guard can't elevate them or just yeah, unbalance them. Just like this low them. squat. Yeah. yeah. And then there's going to be an explosion. And, you know, there's but when I play half guard, it's like people immediately find the weakness in, and pass hard to it. And I'm realizing that over time, like I was like, man, the tight waist series doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work if I'm giving up something else and I don't know the but reaction. That's the efficiency of jujitsu. But then right? once, once, as I'm starting to close those gaps, I'm start like the tight waist now becomes available again, because now people aren't over, like over committing to defending one thing. Because I'm starting to see now, if you overcommit one way, I'm starting to see reactions that you can take. Basically, I feel like. Until you know how to punish the overcommitting defenses to what you're trying to do, it feels like it doesn't work <laughs> because they just over they overcommit you to defend the one thing, and you're just yeah, like, like, "Well, fuck! How do I do this?" You know. Anyway, that's just an independent observation. That's uh, I mean, but that's jujitsu in general, right? Like, is, is it Hori and Gracie who said like that's that's why it's sort of like a chess match where there's there's no move that's so efficient that when you try to execute, it doesn't leave leave you vulnerable Some sort to something of opening, else you know correct so like that's that's the beauty of it and i think that sort of goes back to my whole idea behind like learning the principles of why something works there are a lot of common denominators as to why that like how did that vulnerability come into play when mm -hmm. you were attacking that way right like that you can apply in another position altogether um so what about uh your leg lock knowledge, where does that come from? I don't know, about six months worth of playing around here. Okay. Like, that's, so that that's a new thing for me. That, like that's a contemporary that's, thing that's for That's super, yeah, contemporary. I mean, like, I, you know, like, there's those, the bullshit fucking, like, little goofy ankle locks that we learned, like, way back, you know, from, like, eight years ago that are just laughed at now, you know, like, the sort of, um, who was it that was saying that in their discussion, the idea of, like, Back in the day, leg locks were just sort of like a, I'm pissed off, I can't pass your guard or the cases, fuck it, throw up the leg lock. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it, fuck it, do a leg lock. Yeah. Um, or if you saw it, there wasn't a, there wasn't a systems-based approach to how you can, like, what if this fails? It was just, you just grab the foot. You grab and just, just do you something with it, yeah. you know? Um. And because like even it's interesting because I was watching some old um, Boss Rutten and Frank Shamrock stuff the other day, and they're and and Ken Shamrock for that matter and Pancrase when they're doing like leg locks and stuff, and then all I saw was just a tangle of legs them grabbing and wrenching. Now I can see a little bit better. Um, I can definitely recognize the the micro positions, you know, like the the series of you know honey hole fifty fifty and that sort of thing, and they were doing it and i think it was from just pure drilling that they just like would see an opening just like launch into it right but you didn't see like a gordon ryan no there wasn't a system of, there definitely wasn't there you know? yeah they weren't presenting dilemmas or doing a system yeah so like that it's it's interesting to watch it then because like you know if <laughs> if you watch a like a you know like a two-month white belt like try to armbar somebody from like full mount even right sure like they're like standing up and you just see so much space and stuff and I, i'm watching i'm not saying i could beat them in leg locks or anything by any means but like you see that level of just like disregard for like control and just 
pure just jump into a something, grab it and wrench in in those old Pancrase matches and stuff, which is really really funny. And um and I think that's sort of the that was sort of the attack of just like trying to catch people off guard back then. You know, obviously it doesn't you can't get away with that now. So like I mean hell, I'm still I my leg locks still are terrible. So but well, you you had a good you did a good class um, subbing in for me when you taught the Faraz Sahabi. Oh, that little knee push? Yeah. yeah. That works so well, yeah. by the way. It's a good early defense. It's a great, know? because there's early, late, and very and late, that, right? And that's something that, that is definitely highly worthwhile to drill. Yeah. Just so you get in the habit of... Recognition. You, if, unless, unless you really, you're someone that wants to dive in and be like, go leg lock for leg lock with someone. Right, right. And stay connected. And just like reverse the position, or you know, like start leg pummeling. I think it's a more sustainable thing to do. But what? what yeah, but yeah. that was that was just a solid way to just prevent fully g- your opponent fully entering and yeah. just you know negating it. So it's just a great. I mean, that would be the that would be the thing you show someone that's going to fight Ryan Hall in an MMA fight. Yes, you know what I mean. Right? Yeah. Like, and and for that matter, like that's that was really I, I'm. I'm really glad I had watched that too because like A, it saved my ass a handful of times and B, like that's the sort of mindset that we should learn or we should get into when we're trying to learn anything, right? Like because what is like a typical question that somebody, I saw, I saw you helping a white belt the other day after Saturday class, I think it was and I can imagine it was, his co- the conversation wasn't like this. Hey, I always get caught in this. How do I get out of that? I don't remember what what you guys yeah, were working on. Was it, who, was it Patrick? I'm not sure. I, I think it might have been Patrick, yeah. It might have been Patrick. What, what did he ask you? Do you remember? Oh, I do remember. It was, uh, oh, it was how do, you, how do you, yeah, I'm stuck in close guard. How do I get out of, how, how do I get pass, out of it, right? How do I pass close guard? How do I so get that's, out of a, that's a little bit different animal because we all just sort of like start in close guard. But like. Unless we're at another school that forbid close guard for white belts. Ooh. Is that an SPG school by any chance? No, it's uh, oh, the, that was your, yeah, yeah, yeah the right. guys out in Vancouver. Um, so that's but like you, you know, you should never have to teach it in reverse. Like you, you know, you should always try to. Like I think it's good that you were working the uh, the leg lock class from worst case scenario. Um, but like you know, we should have we should learn to not get there in the first place, mm-hmm. which is why I thought it was really important. Like yeah, no, it was, and it, yeah. was, it was it was it was I think a very complimentary. Uh, class to what I was doing at the time. I mean, I mean, any class. Because basically, I was teaching the same class every day. I was just changing up. It was the same concept every day. Yeah, it yeah. was just a different position. Right, right, right. Right, and and different takes on the same position. But it was like, how can I make basically the same handful of escapes yeah. and con- escape concepts fresh? You know, but having a more early proactive defense where you know it's kind of like like when we do side control escapes it's like we're assuming and this is something where you know I'll, I'll give my prop like this guy Preet from Estonia who likes to talk about his turtle defense SPG and, guy by the way yeah an SPG guy you know and he likes to challenge a lot of people on the logic of things and I do give him this I, I, I definitely agree with him on the point of we give we enforce bad habits for defenders at a, at white belt level because yeah, we presuppose yeah. we 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 put it in their heads that this is what the position is no this is the position if you're on side bottom with a cross face and an underhook 
that's the worst case scenario for you. That's not what you fall into. Right. Yeah. And, like, we, and we almost we, we are enforcing that because we're just putting the guy on bottom. We never really tell them just FYI, never be in this position. Right. I like, think we're that's doing where I think the, the benefit instinctual, of the right? Instinctual grappling. Because how many times have you grappled a, like a noob, right? And they sort of like automatically when you, you you pass their guard and stuff like that they instinctually start trying to make space and push make away. space like make their frames not even knowing that this is technically kind of the right thing to do to prevent yeah. you from doing it and like even to control your hands and that sort of thing right like i'm a product of what you're describing here of like always working from like the worst case scenario and like which is i think why i tried to shrimp so much and that sort of thing for my escapes right like so like to proactively try to prevent things which is it's so how do you work that into because that's that weird middle game right because like how do you teach that for example of like guard retent i guess that wouldn't even be guard i guess it's kind of guard retention somebody's passing your guard that you don't want them to lock down the upper body like i need to control make my frame I mean, make the, the first space, thing that know? preet has like kind of impresses upon his new students is almost to to just keep your your elbows glued to your torso and not give up underhooks, like he's a That's believer good. that underhooks are something that we 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 give out to new people way too early. Hmm. We should teach them to 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 be very conservative about reaching for underhooks because we're giving up underhooks in the process potentially. That's interesting. And then as you get better, then you start to understand the moments when it's safer to go for underhooks. You know. Hmm. So he would much rather now. That's super top level conceptualization. Yeah, and and I think there's some I think there's some truth to it. I think I think his system works to a degree. I do have some skepticism to you know. To me, I think he teaches a very good like um, defensive concepts and like what I would consider final line of defense defenses. Like he shows like postures and positions that allow you to endure being cross-faced you know what i mean right so he'll say look i'm in this position like try cross-facing me well okay it's there's still discomfort there but it's not he's got he's in an angle where he can take that and it's not gonna or he can he you know he shows you how to how to orientate yourself when someone's trying to do a rear naked choke where you're not going to get choked now I've done that. And That's I've gotten very out. late. But then, what ends up happening right? is like, you endure pain. You, you know, your, your head gets squeezed, or your jaw gets yeah, fucked up. I imagine, you know, right? But like, you, you know, you you survive. But is it something I want to do every roll? Is I want to just like no, play? You should have prevented that by exactly. hand fighting, so, right? But but a lot of what he does to to have people practice that is you end up you basically are in that position kind of right away. Whereas I would kind of be like. Which does make sense to a degree. It's like you start with the very last, and then you yeah, start you adding you layers of defense. Yeah. You know, but it it needs to be, in my opinion, and I'm sure he does take it into account. It needs to be trained and drilled in very controlled environments, or else you're risking the health of your student. Yeah, you like know? you're. Yeah, right. Like that's because but instead, that's the, instead yeah. of blocking with frames, you're not blocking with your face. That, you know, like which is. <laughs> that's like teaching yeah like <laughs> that's like teaching muay thai and like you know like i can eat this punch but i would take it less if i turn my angle sure. this way a little bit you know like and i'm sure that's the healthiest sustainable solution which mm-hmm. i mean you know he's been doing a lot longer than i have so, so what are you 
what is intriguing you uh, jujitsu wise? What are you going down the road? What are you trying to practice or explore now? Is there any particular subject matter, position, concept? I, I, I made it a goal to, to work on my passing more Okay. this year. I mean, just because I have become fairly comfortable off my back and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I guess I'm really good at that very late escape. You know, because if people do make it past my letters of defense, they get fairly far and either submit or I'm able or to eat my way out. Or you can fend off Paul's cross choke attempts from Mel. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't think he's got me yet, but <laughs> but it, it usually results in an arm bar, but he didn't cross choke me. Um, you sound like the, Eric. It's like, he didn't heel hook me. Yeah, he but, did, a, he but did, I've also he, eaten 10 he punches. He was on top of me yeah. for four, mi- four yeah. minutes and 15 didn't heel hook seconds you. of it, but he didn't heel hook me. So, um, like, that's, that's a big thing, and, and being more just deliberate with my motion, you know, like I think it's, and I've examined the roles. I try not to come like, like I, I honestly don't remember roles all that much. Like Dude, we need to record a roles more. We might need to. And that's something Preet says. If you want the, if you want to get better fast, set up a tripod and just record all your roles. And here's the thing. Most of the time you don't even have to watch it, but if there's a role, you're like, what happened there? You can go back and see it. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll quickly identify holes in your game or things you think you're doing and you're not or things that, you know, stuff like that. It would probably help. I think oh, I mean, everybody, you know, oh, I mean, I, watching I, I agree with it. I'm too yeah. lazy to do it or I'm too like I, 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 I'm too bashful to do it. Like, you know, people are like, who the fuck is this guy recording? You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, I guess what does it matter what other people think? I we know. should do what we want to make ourselves there's, better. There's still, I mean, I think we're all self-conscious of varying degrees and I'm kind of too lazy to. It's a lot to do, tripod. right? Like, and to be like, all right, guys, this spot is mine because I have the camera here. Yeah, yeah and or yeah, that's just that's I'm not that pretentious. Um, but the uh, that that's one thing I'd really like to work on, and and pulling guard less. You know, um, actually, something I've been playing with a little bit more is you know the the three things, the three S's you can do from guard. You can sweep, you can submit, or you can stand, stand up. up. I always forget that one, right? Because we get seduced into this game of playing guard. Well, that's the big thing Preet does. His his whole system is stand up, like get from whatever person you are to stand up, and to then you up. can just turn around and sit back down in a guard. Right. Like, and that's something that it's it kind of it intrigued me because um, who does who said that recently? Like, I think it was Ryan. Yeah, it was Ryan, Ryan Hall, and there, he somebody did like an AMA with him. And uh, they're like, you know, if I could, if you can give one piece of advice to like half of the jujitsu people out there, like, you know, like what would you do differently? He's like, if you can learn basically to not suck at like, like, God, it was like 75% of what you do in a live role could be replaced by just stand up and get kind of okay at like a single leg takedown. And it would it would boost your game that much more, you know? And, um, which is int- intriguing. I mean, it's Ryan Hall saying he's obviously using hyperbole, but like we, no, we it's get true. I mean, we, as a school here, we don't train wrestling or stand up no. really as much as quote, we should. Right. And, and you, what, you know, it's caught a lot of people off guard in the past three weeks that we've been back in business when I'm rolling with them is when I sit there and I pull butterfly guard, I get a cross collar and I just sit up and do a technical stand-up and just drive forward. And I've been putting planting everybody on their back. You know, because that's a part of jiu-jitsu too. Not just, hey, pass my guard if you can, sure. you know. So, um, which it, I mean, I'm not 
people it happens a lot so but i mean i've seen uh i've seen like blast doubles or single legs and even double legs from from butterfly where people are too passive trying to pass the guy on bottom just kind of explodes up and just oh if he's if the guy's light enough and yeah his hips are, yeah and you can yeah, i can you know i'm what? not doing that I, mean, <laughs> I don't think i have the white twitch muscle fibers the to be capable of doing that i mean they don't get up too much they just kind of lean into them and is i wonder it's kind of like a jealous sweep, sweep? Except, except you're using your head and your you know on their midsection would it's that be a sweep or is I mean, that it counts as a sweep, yeah, because the guy was standing up, and then like you switch positions. The guy standing up is on his back, and the guy on sitting is... I don't think that counts as a sweep, because you're not necessarily using your legs as a as a means to reverse the position. If I do a hook sweep, that's not a sweep? That is definitely a sweep. But if you were to come up to base and drive forward, that's not a sweep, I don't think. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. I thought it had nothing to do with how I did I just thought it was the orientations of the, the where we were. I'm on my I'm on the ground. He's not. I'm on my back, kind of, and he's not. I don't. Okay, so I'm. Tr- I'll have to clarify with. I'll, I'll to reach get, out to Dylan on that one. Yeah, get Dylan or Carlos. Somebody who's a get a ref. Get one of our. Yeah, because like if I'm here. like if I have like butterfly, if I'm pulling like an open butterfly guard on you, right, and I'm unattached or something, and you start trying to pass, but I just can kind of like do a quick like technical get up and blast into you, in reverse, like I don't I don't think that's a sweep. Well, it wouldn't count as sweep, but it just counts as a takedown. That would definitely be a takedown. Yes. Yeah. So yes. it would be scored as a takedown. I'm not so saying that'd be two. A, okay. Yeah, it'd be two. And isn't a sweep two? A sweep's three, right? I thought a sweep's two. I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, no. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think I think we we're talking across. I kept saying sweep, but what I meant is it would count as a takedown. A takedown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. That's def- well. I think it also matters whether you come up or not. Well, yeah, you have to finish. You have to come up and be on top. Well, I think, like, you have to physically come to your feet. I don't think it t- works as a takedown off of your knees if I don't come to my feet before I... If I do a blast double and I finish in side control, I'm not on my feet. I know, but if I'm here in Butterfly Guard and I, like... Oh, you mean... Like like that on you and finish... I don't so think So what you're saying is you, you just came up to your knees. You didn't actually get up yeah, on Yeah, and your I feet. sort of, like, get into, like, a weird fireman. We're going like, to get a, we're gonna have yeah, to get our yeah, rest. Ref rules meeting on that. Well, I, I'm sure Dylan Dylan listens to the show, so I'm sure he does. He'll, yeah, yeah. Which we send need, us a group we'll, message. We'll, we'll need to get him like, on. Well, in this situation, it's two. Then it's yeah. three. <laughs> so. But um, so uh, how many times do you train today so far? So I lifted at nine. Went into this. We did chest on Monday. So uh, we honored of the. We honored the international chest day. That's only because Paul happened to do back without telling anyone on Sunday. Okay. So inconsiderate of him. Did we was that his, was that his weight in the background? Yeah, I think so. That was like four hundred ninety pounds or something, right? No, it wasn't four hundred ninety. It was it was four reds, which is four hundred five. No, it was three reds. Was it okay? Yeah, maybe I I I, I don't examine the weight. Yeah, no, the the weights are super thick. Actually, okay. four would barely fit on the bar. Really? Because they're super bar. thick. They're super thick bumpers. So the amount of length is that, you is have. Is that part of that club atmosphere? You got to look yeah, good, right? Like, I mean, you, they have thinner plates that you can use. So the people that deadlift real heavy use those. Like, okay. And they're still rubberized. But these rubberized. are big bumpers. Yeah, yeah these so are they, big bumpers. So they actually use the regular plates, but they're still rubberized, but they're not bumper plates. I gotcha. So anyway, uh, chest this morning, hopped in the sauna afterwards with Paul and Eli. So How real, long? I think 10 minutes. Why I did feel better that? coming out of that. Do well, you? just because they got in there, so I was like, fine, I'll shoot this shit yeah. with you guys for 10 minutes. 
and then trained at noon. Okay. And now um, I'm here. So three hours between. No, actually less than three hours because you're finishing your workout 10 o'clock? Yeah, it was like 10, 15. I'd say it was an hour and 15 minutes. You eaten afterwards? So I, I had so. a burrito before. I had a burrito at like 8.30. So I ate a you little. You eat a half an hour before you train? Yeah, I prefer to eat like an hour and a half before. But it didn't interfere because it wasn't a high cardio. Like okay. if I was moving around, then yeah, I would feel sick to my stomach. Hmm. But since I'm lifting with two other people. How the, much rest are you doing between your sets? As much rest as you need for three. Po- I mean, if, so let's say. So we did. Uh, we, uh, we started with dumbbell press. Okay. okay. So. We're doing, when we got to our working set, which was 90 pounds today, we did five sets of five. Okay. We just, there were three of us, so. It's just whenever. Just kind of go. Yeah. But we weren't like, boom, boom, boom. I mean, everybody would sit down, make a comment or two, hee, hee, ha, ha. Look at that schmo. And then do it. You know, so that was the pace. Okay. So I'd say we were resting like. Minute and a half? More like two minutes, maybe. Okay. Between, I mean, that's a, that's good. Yeah, t- between reps. Game bullshit. That's that's good. Yeah. So then, uh, then did jujitsu. So yeah, I would say I've been two and a half hours of exertion so far. Damn. You know, you're eating after jujitsu. I'd imagine you got. Yeah, to, right? but it, dude, this is the thing. It's like the thing about jujitsu. If I didn't train in the evenings, it would actually probably be easier on my body from an eating point of view because. There's like a period of time where my appetite kind of goes away. Like I ate two plates of chicken stir fry, but I was like forcing it down. Like I had no appetite for it, but I knew I but you needed need it. it. Yeah, like. I knew I needed it, but it was <laughs> one of the things. Now I always have a protein shake after lifting, so I had a burrito before. Yeah, are you not? Are, does that pro- is it any carbs in that? I mean, you need the glycogen. I do straight whey with. A little bit of grape juice and orange juice. Okay, sweetener. so you're getting your dextrose. Right. Yeah, that, I get that, I get some yeah, sweetener there. Yeah. Okay. I'm a big believer in getting a protein shake right after. Like, I'm a for me personally, placebo, whatever. Like the cells are open. I mean, it, that's when your body pro- needs it, right? Like, so that's, that's what I would. I do that post workouts. And now I'll train now, and and I'll try to be a little more. My goal is to make the after like the midday more intense, the afternoon more technical. But okay. in both cases, I'm I'm practicing. I'm right, not, right, I'm yeah. not doing things. Although Paul's trying to up the intensity and in, in y'all got to get y'all got that that competition on the fifteenth of July, right? It's the twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. We are we are we've You're got registered? our eyes on doing a new breed July twenty fifth. Nice. We, nobody has signed up for it yet. Then so, so you, there's a lot of talk. That's on. why I'm not I'm not saying anything. But at the very least, it's. It's allowed our trainings to be a little more, just a hyper intensity. You know, a few more classes we'll start with, not start with, but the rolling period will start with one minute rounds of people on their feet, oh, which okay. generally, you know, gets people. Yeah, yeah, that's. Th- I intensity. think that sets the stage. For, yeah, yeah, that's that kind of sets the stage. There's, there's no like low intensity like sure. stand up grip fighting and stuff. But I'm very much still practicing stuff as you should. Yeah, and so it's. Uh, yeah, it's, it's working. But the I watched, what was it? The started watching Craig Jones's Z Guard. Oh, okay. Now, I've watched the I've watched the all his leg lock stuff. He's a very good instructor. He's a very good yes, instructor. He, he gives you a lot of good ideas. He speaks at a high level of precision, but he's very open about 
I don't know. He he just approaches it. To me, what just impressed me right away is like I like to play Z guard on the lower percentage side. It's like percentages say that people are going to want to pass to the right because that's how most people train. So I always try to set up Z guard so they have to pass with their left foot forward, not their right foot forward, just so it makes them more uncomfortable. And I was like, look, this is a competitor. He's he's doing yeah, every I was like, little that's thing. pure strategy he's at doing that point. Every little thing. So the first part of his video is like, how do you pull Z guard? To the not to the unorthodox side, <laughs> to the funky side. That's we would what call he's. It. That was the up. first thing. Because most people will go into Z guard, passing on the right, hmm. right foot forward, but to he, his right. Yeah. Okay. And their right foot. Well, I guess yeah. They're knee cutting with their left with their left yeah, shin. Yeah, yeah. But he wants his knee shield instead of his knee shield being his left leg. He wants his knee shield to be his right leg. Really. Yeah. So he so. He, I don't watch him enough to be able to say, so that's interesting. You know, I, I t- actually, I, I confused everybody. When people pass, they our traditional pass. side is They're passing we will go to headquarters with the right leg in the middle. Yep. He wants it to the left leg's in the middle. Hmm. So that's, that's... And then the other thing that was a nice um, thing that I was starting to realize, and, and he taught it right away and, and, and said it, was that if you want to have a good Z guard, you need to have a good reverse De La Hiva. Sure. And that, that's the defense that was to, good yeah. that I was like, okay, he, he's at least... So, you know, the second DVD is already talking about that, like reverse De La Hiva. So we're in a Z guard, and he's already showing you reverse De La Hiva and Kiss of the Dragon. and. So that's a very systems-based approach, right? Yeah. Because it's, so yeah. It, it's just solid. It's just really just solid stuff. And he plays a Z guard thus far that I've seen that is a little closer to what uh, Nick Paul does, where he. So it's a big frame, right? Like it's very, no, it, it's it's your. Oh no no, his, it's the, a deep, the knee yeah, is yeah. on the hip. It's like a collapsed. Yeah yeah, it's, you're it's right. not it's not an it's not the opposite of what you do. Yeah. His Z guard. He's like I don't play a Z guard where I'm looking for underhooks. I'm basically pressing against that the hip with my knee. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, and both feet are essentially off the mat, like pointing the air. Almost, yeah, aren't they? yeah like that's, you know, and and also, you know, just little things about how to how to not get beaten with sprawls and the reason. He, and and, it, and he explained it, and it's like makes perfect sense mechanically. And it's like I never realized. It's like if people sprawl on your half guard, it's because their hips got above your knee. If you can yeah. keep them sitting back on their hips, they don't have power to. You can't sprawl if you're in what would be called. Um, what's the op- when when you're in yoga. Was it like baby yoga? pose? It's like child's you do, pose where they're yeah they're, child's they're, pose when you do child's back, pose or yeah hips are back. so it's like so you'll do like like uh, God I don't know the yoga terminology but you're right it's child's pose yeah. but basically it's like imagine you are on the mat on your knees tying your belt like a traditional martial artist right yeah you're just on your knees yeah like instead of sitting cross legged you're you're sitting on your knees yes if you sit back. And your torso is resting on your thighs, you can't sprawl from that position. Right. You can only you, sprawl when you actually when lift your hips forward. up, and your hips are now above your knee or beyond your knee. Right, right, right. That's what he said. So he's like, with his half guard, he's he's doing a push pull. With he's his forcing top. them. So he's forcing that posture. So it's a lot harder for those people to sprawl. And I was like, motherfucker. And that top frame is what's keeping him. The from- top frame is what's keeping the hip. From back, yeah, and he's yeah, doing, yeah. A, and he's really pulling with his bottom leg, yeah, to, to keep his knee, to keep the knee. So there's a push pull going on, just like spider, a good spider guard yeah, or a yeah. good, the push pull, man. 
Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then the other thing that blew my mind is he's like, I don't care about the far side underhook. Like, I'll give them the far side underhook all day because I'll play an overhook series with them. So he only he cares about protecting the cross face. Do not let them get the cross face. All right. And yeah, do not let that, them yeah, go over my head. But if they wanna if they wanna underhook me, as long as I stay on my side, it's not a deep underhook. It's bad when they do a knee slice and now I'm getting flattened out. Now having the underhook is terrible for me. That right. they have the underhook. But if I'm on my side, it's a shallow underhook, and I can actually come up and do an overhook and I have an overhook series. And he can do triangles, umapaladas, hmm. arm bars off that. And it's it's slick, man. That's why he's the two percent. Right? So it's uh so that that gave me a lot so of how ideas. are you watching this like when you watch it do you how often are you watching through the entire series or like the entire segment right um generally it's like I segments want, do you it's watch like I'm, in a row before you start kind of stopping and backtracking a little bit and it, this is I usually am like it's at night I'm not sleepy enough to go to bed so I put this on and I and I watch it and in Craig's case I watch maybe like an hour. An hour straight. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And how much of that is? Are you? Do you take notes? Nope. Really. No. Hmm. Just kind of mental thing. It, it's more like to get ideas, and then if I really am into it, then I'll go back and watch and it watch again. again. But you know, a lot of it is not. Once you get the main principle, right? Then it's not too hard. You, you might just forget, like, well, then how do you do the like? What was the armbar thing? But that's like extraneous. Like to but me, you'll figure it out. Yeah, right. but to like me, the, the core concept is the, you know, how does he set up his frame and what is he, what's he thinking? What's the, what's the principle of the position? The finishes are like, those will come. If I can no, master, like that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, like yeah. if I can, if I can figure out the, the initial part, I'm good, you know? Hmm. So that's kind of how I look at it. So I watched that. It was between that and the John Danaher Kimura stuff. So... That's very. I'm good. on a I'm on a Kimura binge and uh and then the other one, the uh, the uh, the, the Kimura is very good. I know. I'm glad I went the Craig Jones things because you know I was a little frustrated with my half guard like this past week and I was like let me look at something because I was looking at Kimuras and I saw a Lachlan thing on YouTube about Kimuras and it got me all jazzed up about mm. it and I was talking to you about Kimuras so. I was looking at it. I started watching the Danaher thing, and I was like, this is like a whole different rabbit hole. Let me keep looking at something that I've been working on, even though I might want to break from it. Like, it wasn't, if there was one, if I was really going to have much more fun looking at Kimura's, I'd look at that. Because I'm a big believer, what what is fun to you is the one you should pursue, because that's the one you're going to naturally. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah like, it should be enjoyable. Even if I'm not, opti- like, even though I should maybe suffer through like another three months of half guard before I even think about Kimura's, if I want to optimize my progression, it's like, but I'm not having as much fun. That's like, optimizing your progression in Kimura's though, right? Like, but I need so, to have fun yeah. too. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so it's a great song, by the way. Yeah, dude, this, this, the song, if you're hearing, oh, the, our podcast has a, has like a quiet soundtrack in the background. That's, that's pretty, there's legit. no way this is getting picked yeah, up. It's pretty it? legit right now. This is so clean. the Kimura stuff, I'm doing some Kimura stuff like today. It was, it was a great, like, f- at noon was a, were great roles. I didn't, coincidentally, I did not go with Paul, so that didn't undercut any confidence I had. But I did some Twister Side. Mm-hmm. I did some Kimuras. And I did uh, Excellent Blade. entries from there for Kimuras. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I also got the uh, 
I also I also hit a arm drag from the wing sweep base. Oh, okay. So so the, so the cross sleeve scissor sweep. So that was cool. It's a good day. It's good to hit different things. And there's like, man, if I can do all this stuff, it makes now people don't know what to defend. <laughs> so that's opening cool. doors yeah, and closing other doors, right? Exactly. The, but I do, I definitely do like the, the wing sweep. We'll call it the wings, the the series. That system is solid. So that's an interesting thing, right? Like, what is the wing sweep, though, right? I mean, that, I would almost series, call it the guard. It's, but I mean, it's essentially it's a it's a reverse scissor or the cases. Mm-hmm. If you look at it though, structurally, it's kind of also Craig Jones's Z guard, right? Similar types of mechanics are involved in off balancing the person. I mean, he said his Z guard came from close guard because he said I played close guard a lot. Right, like so. I think yeah, th- there's a lot of parallels, and that's what I'm saying. Like where we kind of talked about the other day of like those concepts apply across the board. You know, mm-hmm. he's applying this very very similar concepts because he has from Z guard his Z guard. There's like the back exposure, so they don't want to go that way, and then you know that sort of thing. So. Mm-hmm. But um, I I haven't. Did I give you that one? Did you what? Did I give you that one? The Z guard one. I, I mean, I must have. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. I I haven't. I I definitely haven't watched it. I'm I'm a I'm an ADD maniac when it comes to watching instructionals. So. Well, I can tell. Okay, so let's 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 do some let's do some instructional rating here. What are what are instructionals you would recommend for, like. What's your Mount Rushmore of instructionals? <laughs> um, big shout out. My my favorite one that I'll I'll go back and I will revisit a lot is Functional JKD oh Volume God. Three. Okay. From whoa, SPG. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, SPG. God Almighty. All right. So say that one again. It's I was expecting like Enter the System Camores or Enter the no, System so Triangle. That's ah, man. I, I if there's actually one big influence on me, it's probably Functional JKD. What's JKD? It's it's so it's what's JKD SPGs, short for? G Kundo. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so there there's instructional series series one, series two, and series three. Um, series one was was stand up clinch and ground. It's very rudimentary. Um, it is basically just sort of like a a big. Uh, what are those things on the morning on Saturday morning where they're just trying to sell you something? Oh, infomercial. Yeah, it was basically like an infomercial for for SVG at the time, and this okay. is mine. Is like ninety two or something. Um, F uh, functional JKD two was a little bit better of an actual instructional. It was a little bit better organized. Um, F JKD three was purely jujitsu with limited stand up, but it was jujitsu with an MMA um, sort of like MMA in mind which is where you'll hear me use a lot of terminology like shoulder of justice and like five point. Well, I've heard Matt Thornton, a lot, most of his seminars involve him mentioning an MMA or self-defense aspect Apple, to what yeah, he's doing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's sort of, you know, so like FJKD three to me probably is a big foundation for my game. And what do they cover in that? What's that? What do they cover in that? Is it's, it fundamental? It's like, it's like 13 DVDs, man. Um, well, there's jujitsu. The yeah. Curriculum. So they're like, so like if you look at it from an MMA standpoint, like disc one is like, keep the fight standing. 
So okay. it's based purely on attached um, takedown defense and attached hitting, meaning like clinch, essentially. Okay. Um, and then there's a De La Hiva and Butterfly Guard DVD. There's uh, a Close Guard DVD. Who's the instructor on these? Who do you think it is? Matt Thornton? Yeah. Okay. And actually, in all of his, a lot of his instructors, um, like the Singer Brothers, are on there. They handled. This, it was this recorded at a seminar or no? Workshop? No, this is a. a it was an actual instructional done with intention. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 one of like, if I if you were to ask me, of all the instructionals that I've seen and and I mean you know perused, um, if I had one choice to say, hey, you're living on a desert island, you need to train martial arts on your own. And you can only take one resource. It would probably be that. Really? Yeah. Have you ever been to a SPG seminar? No, I haven't. Dude, you need, for all the for all the the praise you heap okay. there. I mean, I I well, so I, I had been in contact with Matt Thornton because I I reached out to him uh, after I got my brown belt. I was like, hey man, like just you know, like I got my brown belt. This is cool. You know, I, owe, I actually owe a lot of it to you as well. Um, just because like of uh, your teaching style, I really appreciate the way you organize information. I appreciate. So, you know, like some of this is, is, is partly due to you. So thank you for that. I'm like, are you planning on doing anything in Florida anytime soon? Because SBG East coast used to be headquartered out of Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Um, not anymore, but he had, he was like, Hey, you know, keep your eyes open. So they haven't done one in Florida yet, but hopefully we got to get them on soon. the podcast. I will at some point. I mean, yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, pull your strings, bro. Yeah, man. But either way, he that FJKD three I think is is one of the best. Um, but beyond that, I think in the Ryan Hall ones are awesome. The, Which Ryan Hall? The back attack or the fifty-fifty? Um, all of them, man. Like the guard passing ones, really, really good. I like people who speak more in concepts, and he does that a lot. I haven't really gotten into a Ryan Hall instructional yet right his are good you, you, it's so like you know how you kind of talk about like a good part of the dan hurt ones you can kind of fast forward through because mm-hmm. a lot of it's repetition it's, it's, no, it's the it's opposite with him i think yeah yeah it, it's a lot of repetition a lot of you know concepts not so much i mean i think uh i think you've 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 been exposed to a lot more instructionals than i have the things that come to mind for me are a Hoffa Mendez DVD video about a leg weave pass of half guard. That's oh, like, is it like the 17 minute long one? That's, yeah. 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 That one's very good too. And that, that's like my go-to half guard pass. Now I was doing it kind of before, but then I'm sorry, I were you referring to a specific instructional for a technique or just like, no, I, in no, no, no. I, I actually answered a slightly different question. Like okay. I, 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 I asked instructional, but you gave this very detailed response, and I then the first thing that popped into my mind was not technically an instructional, but rather just okay. a YouTube video on which a I mean, it's an instructional, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because I haven't like I haven't gone through all of the Danaher. I've gone through a number of them, and I think they're all like good places to start. It's for people who are unfamiliar with that position completely. Yes. You know, so it's 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 a good like. Hey, this is your first week of class studying this subject. Like, this is your first week studying yeah. Kimura. Go through the work your way through the instructional to get, mm-hmm. you know, even if you don't get all the fancy shit he's doing at the end, 
he's going to hammer over and over his basic concept. So he's going to yeah, say yeah, power yeah. line a lot, or he's going to say, you know what I mean? Depending on whatever it is. You're so, definitely going to learn what you don't want to do. Is, is, exactly. Is, yeah. Like that, that's a, a and, big and a lot of, of and a lot of the other guys like Lachlan. See, I think Lachlan's a great instructor. I think, I do think, um, uh, Craig Jones is a good instructor, but th- they, they almost throw the stuff that they throw it in there, those details, but, Danaher like hits you over the head with those details. <laughs> so in, in in a way it's good because he he prioritizes the importance or he gives proper importance to the key fundamental details of the technique that if if someone's just going technique like oh I used you know it's good to like do this with your grip. Or you want to see grip here. You might not realize that's like actually more important than the whole technique because he's showing like a variation of an entry he's like showing you way down the line of a system that relies on good fundamentals to get to that point but he just said an offhanded like throwaway comment about a grip that danaher would probably harp on every 30 minutes about the grip like this grip you need you're always going to do this but which is the more effective teacher what's the most effective what who is the more effective teacher in that sense I think there just takes a set amount of time for people to learn stuff. So in terms of it being structured for a total beginner not exposed to stuff, I think Danaher does a better job, even though yeah. it takes longer to get through it. It's because it's very academic. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a it's a good starting point. It's the best. It's almost like you have to put in that work of just sitting through the fundamental yeah. spiel to kind of see. All right. He keeps talking. He about goes this. a lot into the why. Yeah. Yeah. That's the. Yeah. He keeps talking about this. So that that you know, then then you're in your mind, you're like, okay, cool. Then you can go to the the more advanced guys that are like, I find I like doing it this way, and it adheres to this principle. But he spends less time harping on the principle and more about this variation that he right, did. And right. you're like, oh, that could work for me, or that could work for my body structure. So the leg lock one. When I look back at it, I don't think the leg lock one was that great. Is that le- leg lock anthology? talking about no no the, the, the enter the system leg lock oh okay yeah, yeah. but again i think without it i wouldn't have had a start i wouldn't have had a base yeah to like jump off and look at all this other stuff hmm. the lachlan one it's a more practical oh yeah, yeah the lachlan pra- one's yeah, yeah. amazing i haven't even gotten through all of it it's so thorough oh it's it's so know? much information i also want to i want to look at his half guard one the half guard anthology so we'll see if if we know someone that has that and We'll, we we'll try say, to find. We'll try to find. Well, yeah, maybe somebody a legal can. copy somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, I would say of all the instructionals, what's the one I've liked the most? Gosh, I don't know, man. Do you when you approach an instructional like I had kind of touched upon it earlier, like, and maybe it's, I, I always do try to keep that little bit of like MMA mindset in mm-hmm. place when I'm looking at an instructional too. Do you look at that in at all? Like is that? Does I that think I'm, I think I'm pretty well entrenched in sport jujitsu. In sport jujitsu, but I'm pretty confident. Like, but I'm less concerned about an MMA application. I'm 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 think from a self defense aspect. I think you can learn sport jujitsu and oh yeah, yeah. Fine, I mean that for sure. Know? Like that's yeah, because nobody's barren bowling in yeah. the street. You know, I actually except Paul. Actually, here's the yeah. He'll do it at Wawa. Yeah, I think the uh, back attack from Danaher is probably the most important. The most. The most important. I think that was the best one. Okay. <clears throat> the reason I say that is that's the one that I want to go back and rewatch it again and pick up more details. But just I, as weird as it sounds, that's to me that's had the 
the lasting effect on my game. I don't know. Maybe it's the first one that really... I don't know. There's something about that one that I think is just quintessential. That's like... And I know it's a, it's a position that is highly offensive, right? It's like it's at the top of your hierarchy. You want oh, to get to back. You want to yeah, get yeah. to the back, right? You want to get to back. But I think for me and where, where I was when I saw it, it was developmentally one of those things where it's like, okay, I can somehow end up on people's backs now a little bit, <clears throat> but... I'm doing a terrible job controlling them. And, oh, yeah. And he, yeah, his. And just, I feel a lot more confident on my on someone's back now. Now, do I get to the back a lot? No, but it, it's incentivizing me to get to people's backs. Because when I get on someone's back, I feel a lot more confident because of that so instructional. And really, really, as silly as it sounds, the instructional boils down to, to me, can be distilled into two aspects. One the control mechanisms for back mount, just the principles yeah. of of control and back mount, and two, grip fighting. Yeah. That's it. Like those now, then you can add like, oh, I can do like triangle and stuff. And I'm starting to do that now. And that, that's and that's like some sizzle to me. Like that's like a little more sizzly and a little like more razzle dazzle to add to it. But just the basic principles of of where to put your legs, how to do your seatbelt alignment and alignment making sure that you know what what to sense when they're getting out so you're preemptively like getting your alignment back and and that sort of thing hugely important and then just understanding that getting the finish is you winning the game of grip fighting with the two arms because it's them getting so frustrated right like that they're that because they have no other doors to go through, right? Yeah. Like that they If you can keep them if you can stay connected to them with the control, then it allows you to grip fight and eventually you'll you sh- if you know what you're doing, you'll win the grip fight and, So and this is interesting. Why do you think back is so unsuccessful oftentimes in MMA then? Have you noticed that? Um because a lot of times wrestlers are tripoding up and escaping when it technically should be better. But I guess there's that's the dilemma, right? If you're technically, it should be better because MMA you can strike. But with striking requires the striker's posture, which gives the escapee, the defendee, room to buck and to move and to try to escape versus jiu right, so, so you stay l- super attached. Let me ask a question: What belt level do you think an MMA fighter? should have for you to be surprised that they're losing back mount. I'm not saying what all to MMA fighters... To be that they're fight- losing back mount? Yeah. So so I'm asking a very specific question. I'm not saying like what... Look what, at that. Look what, at that. Round one. That man, The man right there putting that oh, nose to the grindstone. Is. So I, my question is not like what level of jiu-jitsu should an MMA fighter have. What I'm saying is you're watching a fight and if, if, if you saw a, 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 an MMA fighter who they say, this is a white belt in jiu-jitsu hops on someone back and he slides off, would you like be like, oh my God, how did he lose that? Or you'd be like, well, he's a white belt. That's why he lost it. That's an interesting question. So then, my, so now my question is, I would assume it's kind of that. It's relative to the skill of the attacker. Right. So at what belt level would you be like, I'm surprised. So if you knew that the MMA fighter was a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, would you then be like, why, is he, why did he lose back? 
Because I'm one to identify. Do you think it's what you say is really true, or do you think it's really a result of people the not the level of grappling for the attacker is not as high? Really, I mean, like is Damian Maya losing someone's back? That's I mean, hmm. I, yeah, I, I guess it's up to the weight of the fight. I mean, yeah, but just... I think that... You I, I will question, say this. Right? I think the fact that uh, these guys are sweating, they're not even wearing rash guards, lends itself yeah. to being very slippery, and that helps the defender slip out, for sure. Right. And because strikes can also be involved. And maybe the glove makes a difference, too, right? Like, because you can kind of hand fight and not cheat, but it makes it a little bit harder to slip the hand in mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and, like, really lock in that, you know... That sort of thing. I, don't I mean, know. the position I'm thinking of is when they're up on the cage and the guy's trying to put hooks in. They're like kind of the guy's draped over like one guy's draped over another on the cage and they're kind of they're They're not one person's backs on the cage. They're like both their sides are on the cage. Right, right, right. You know, and someone's got is like holding their waist. And that's a different game altogether, too. And right? it's kind of like, like OK, and then one know. guy's trying to put their hook in. And now there's this battle of like, can that he get a weird, second hook in, or does he like get a hook in and then kind of get like shuffed off to the, you know, he gets kind of because that's the off. thing is like you have to treat the the cage as a the, as a floor too, right? Because so technically, a lot of times when the guy who by definition is trying to get his hook in, his back is against the cage, not the other person's, mm-hmm. right? So like that's another barrier that they're working against to be able to freely move their hips, because like what's our defense for back mount? Is you know, actually the defense for most things is get your back to the mat, mm-hmm. right? So like he's and, and by putting the your your opponent between you and the mat, like that's that's a big uh, function of the escape. You're preventing them from staying on your back because you're now putting the floor on your back. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or the wall so, on your back, and that's where hmm, I don't know. Matt Thornton. I have to. Are you going to say Matt Thornton again? No, no, no. I'm just trying to think of like why why aren't there more back finishes? That's just, that, I guess that's my ultimate question. Why aren't there more back finishes when it happens? You know, I, again, because I don't know because if what JB, you're saying, I don't know if I agree with your statement. I understand what you're saying. I just don't know if I if I agree with it. There are not enough back finishes because like there are if, if there are not many people that are high level grapplers, then why would we expect it? Or if everyone prefers to strike, then why would we ex- like? Yeah. Why is the expectation there? Now, <clears throat> to me, the classic, the classic, like, back mount finish in MMA is like what GSP did to Bisping, right? Yeah. It's like he started with punches, got yeah. him on the ground, the guy turtles up, and he finishes with in. that. Right, yeah. And it looked beautiful, right? Under it was there. awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's, to me, that's perfect jiu-jitsu, exactly. right? Exactly. That, to me, that's perfect M- they, MMA. Like, I would take that over the clean knockout personally oh, yeah, that's because yeah. I'm a grappler right where it's like to me it's like <clears throat> if you knock the guy out you you took a shortcut to the finish line but like the steps needed to go all the way to completely suppressing your opponent is you you get them down you close the distance you, you close it yeah. you either knock them down or you 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 take them down with a takedown so yeah. it's either with a strike or with you take them to the ground and then assume a dominant position Apply strikes. They're forced to turtle. They give up their neck, and you choke them out. That yeah. to me is the that's, that's the humane. Yeah. yeah, and that that's Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, too. That's oh, the whole yeah. Gracie. You know, Hickson. Notice how, even though he could be doing damage, he's just open palms. He's just that's Horian, by the opponent. way, not Hickson. That, yeah, it was, Ho- it was Hoist. They did Hoist. 
Well, that's well, that's Horian. It's always Horian's voiceover. It's always Horian. It's always Horian, and I think yeah. Hoist was the one. Is the one doing the it. slapping? Yeah. <laughs> Look at the Hapkido man, and he <laughs> he tries to reach for the groin, and you're like, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> right. Very humane way. <laughs> like, the, some of those videos are awesome, man. Oh, they're, it's all awesome. like they're incredible. Imagine being uh, Helon or Henner. And I don't know, they're already in sales mode, so I don't know if their stories are right. But I, I want to believe, and maybe this is part of their charm because you want to believe their stories. Imagine them being, you know, 12 and 13 or 14 and being called on to defend the dojo, you know, from... <laughs> I think they're like 16, per- really. Okay, but, but either I think he's way, a blue belt. Right? Like, he's a blue belt. I remember it's all... Yeah. They, they showed a video of... Uh, so he's 16. Yeah. At, at, at youngest. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and that was like their rite of passage, like the Gracie. Although that's probably the worst matchup. Like they must have really been scared if they put like Henner, oh my God, like. <laughs> or the because a six-year-old Henner or Helon is probably worse than is probably a, a a scarier matchup than a thirty-five-year-old blue belt, right? Because he'd it. been doing it since birth, exactly. Right? Like exactly. Oh, we got some ambers or silvers. We got an amber alert coming in over the the over the PA here. Um, yeah, that's got to be – but that is the perfect game. Like, that's – and I, I think that I always sort of try to keep that framework in my head whenever I'm – whenever I do jiu-jitsu. Self-defense, you mean? No, just jiu-jitsu in general. What did I say? Well, you said you always have in your mind. It's like, what do you have in your mind? That that framework of self-defense, of working okay. up the hierarchy. Because that that's, you know, like it's working up the hierarchy with with uh, strikes in mind. Did you see the uh, – or are you at least familiar with the – Kilan Galval match. You like mean from Metamorphs one? Yeah, yeah, that was that was cool. What did you? Where did you fall in the? Because Galval was like pissed that he's like, dude, I fucking t- I scored so many points against you, and Helon was like, but you didn't submit didn't me, submit and I stayed me. safe, and I kept the distance and all. Like then, then Andre's like. Next time we play by my rules, there's like you know, like I did. I went to your. I went to your. What? Yeah. What? Like what was your? Did you have a side on that? Um, I actually I wasn't super entrenched into like knowing who jujitsu celebrities were at the time. Okay. So like, I think everybody gets sort of enamored with uh, the Gracie name, and plus they were the ones who like put on the tournament and stuff. And and Henner was the announcer. Yeah, his, he, yeah, he's he the color commentator. His um, so it definitely made Helan look. He's like, oh, Helan, very calm here. Very good. Yeah, Everything yeah, he he's said keeping was just it like, playful. Helan is super calm right now. You know, Alavanca. Um, no, like, and and that's the thing is, it's. I've always kept in my head too, like words ironically from Helio, where he talks about like, you know, it's jujitsu about making like the weak person strong and the strong person, I guess, more strong or whatever. But like, if you aren't defeated by your opponent, that means like whether it's a moral victory or not, like you've if you survive and you weren't beaten, then you won. Then you won. Then you won. And I think I, maybe that, uh, maybe I'm like, what is it, conclusion fishing, where like that just sort of fit well into my personality. Like, and I think that's why I roll the way I do too, is that like if I don't get submitted, then I'm good. You know, like that that means at least my jiu-jitsu is working. you roll so casually, you let people submit you that shouldn't submit you. Yeah, I just, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Victor and I are going to have like our own little like, 
I, I, I suspect there's of, been a little bit of a pact of, of how to of how to how to how to trigger like how do well, we poke Victor the bear? asked me that the other day. He's like, "What does it take for you to lose? Like, what does it take for you to roll hard? Right? Like, and I he asked me on Saturday, and I told him like there are probably two or three occasions where I've actually rolled hard and rough, and it's always been. There's emotion involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For it sure. wasn't just like I'm upping the intensity. It was like actual emotion. I'm going to try to hurt you. Yeah. You know, and it's always, it's almost been always that. So we got to get you to up intensity without having emotion. Dude, we can't let you tap into the dark side. Well, it's like I just, you know, I don't. God, we're going back to the Star Wars thing, right? Yeah. So how, how often have you rolled emotionally? When when can you remember having rolled? I mean, I forget. I mean, I've kind of I I kind of forget a few days later, you know. But I would a I, few days. You let it. You well, let it no, no. I mean, I, mean I forget huh? pretty quickly. I'm, I'm, okay. I don't know when I forget, but it's not like I stick with it that much. Um, but yeah, yeah, at least a dozen times. I mean, I'm sure it really? happens. Usually, what what happens? I just the one time I remember. Okay, the one time I remember vividly that's on tape is is actually one that was less it was more like a culmination of things and i just got triggered it was with chihuahua <laughs> where chihuahua like will will like do flying arm bars and flying this and flying mm. that and and he'll also like catch you with his leg if he's like doing guard retention and it wasn't like you. the worst kick that i got in my face but i just got kicked in the face or the eye or the nose or something and at that point i just i was like that's it and then at that point i i put my knee on i you know i just was a lot rougher it became prison rules so it's it be it's, so it's that it goes back to what you're saying about of if they're rolling with some sort of disregard for the exactly well-being if someone's of disregarding your, my body i feel you know and and the thing is is i'm probably guilty than more than most for clipping people like if i go with paul like i like i clip people a fair amount and i think more so than the average honestly right but i think I think my saving grace is... Well, he comes from an MMA background, so he's... I think, yeah, I think, but I think my saving grace, number one, I, I always, even though JB says don't even, like JB even told me, like, don't, like, it's jujitsu, like, you don't have to, you okay? Like, I'll be like, I'll stop it, you okay? Like, I always do that. Yeah, yeah. JB's like, dude, don't, like, it's, just go, you know, (laughs) like, it's just jujitsu, but I do that. So I think, because when I get clipped... Which I I appreciate. People don't say that. Like, that, that's like the first thing. If you step, say, oh, you Okay. Then I'll, I'll be like, yeah, I'm okay, it's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when they don't do it, that like adds to my thing. I'm like, <laughs> like you know, even though JB, maybe everyone listen to JB. Like everyone rolls to JB, like, and I'm the one reacting to it. But so I say, stop, you okay? And then I think the other thing is, I want to say, and maybe people listening are like, fuck no, you're full of shit when you say this. But I would like to say that I'm okay about matching intensity. So it's like that only happens when we both have kind of mutually have like entered into yeah. this more intense And you know role. who that is too. Like, you know who that, yeah, yeah exactly. Like that, that, you that, know? Yeah. So yeah, there are just some things where, and then I think the other one that annoys me, but this one happens usually with white belts and, and I understand cause they're white belts is when they just grab a hold of something and just squeeze. Yeah, but you, you lose your cool because of that? No, I don't. Oh, okay. That, yeah, would, yeah. that irritates me. But okay. because they're white belts, I know. Right, right. That's, and I'm they're they're like, surviving. And I'm That's almost like, yeah. you know, why did I even think I could even like not have to worry about protecting my neck to this degree? Or just, not even my neck. Yeah, protecting my ear. Like protecting like 
the area around my ear. Like if you do the circumference from my ears where it's just like I might get I might just get cauliflower just because this guy's just squeezing my head. Yeah, it's like just annoying, you know. Yeah, but you can rectify that. No, I know that. But what yeah. I'm saying is that doesn't tick me off. I, I haven't gotten that ticked off really. It's usually like I said, someone that I believe knows better that has control that's not demonstrating enough regard that I'm perceiving is not demonstrating enough regard for my body. Yeah. And that's usually, uh, you know, the thing that will trigger or that they're talking mad shit. That's that, but like genuine mad shit. Like, cause we all rib each other. Oh too, yeah. yeah you know? No, no. So, like, I mean, that's a- I mean like it's coming. Yeah. But that, that I can't think of a time, maybe once or twice that's happened, you know? Hmm. Oh, I do remember. I, Victor and I did get heated at this one guy. It's like a four stripe white belt who, Actually, there are two guys, actually, that they were, yeah. And I, I'd say one guy was, he, he just was full of himself, but he was super selective with his roles. Mm. So we're like, fuck you, bro. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, roll with us, you know? Or Okay, well, I'll throw that out, too, is a handful of times, which it's not very often, I've had to be a mat enforcer. I haven't, I would like to be a mat enforcer at some point. <laughs> But I'm not at that level yet. <laughs> well, neither am I. But yeah. I just happen to be a lot more skilled than this guy. So that was a that would that would be another time where like sure. if if you're blatantly also beating up on somebody mm-hmm. a lot, like I don't I don't like that. Like that's yeah. that goes against everything we're supposed oh, to be absolutely. learning here. You know? Absolutely. So um, that doesn't happen really here. That no, long, it doesn't. Not not you know? especially not here. I mean, like, yeah, so I think everybody I, I think has a good. But if that were to happen, then yeah, I definitely like that's where I don't like to, that. You know, like no, absolutely, absolutely not. Um. So it's one of those things. And then I think the, uh, there's a guy that, uh, was up for blue belt that was perpetually late. And in our opinion, just didn't show enough respect to the process. And, you know, we were kind of like, but the thing was, he was also very selective with his roles and stuff, but we were kind of like, when he was up for blue belt. Yeah. When he's like a, you know, a four stripe white belt and stuff. And we're like, you know, and maybe we're maybe we're taking it too seriously. Like, who are we to care about this stuff? But it was just, we just didn't like how he carried himself, you know. And mm. what did that mean? That didn't mean anything because we never really rolled with him. You know what I mean? We just had this thing like, if we roll with him, we're gonna we're gonna put it on him. You know, what happened is like we just rolled with him on the gauntlet once. You know, that was it. And everyone's going hard at that point. So there was no. Not me. Yeah, well, that, no, 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 I'm saying, but yeah, for the, oh, right, right, right. you know, okay, everyone has a reason to go hard with people. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's the purpose of it. But you're not teaching them a lesson. Yeah. No, and, and at the end of the day, I was like, it's kind of petty on our part to be like, again, why do we care? Like, it's Paul's call. Like, like Paul's the one making the decision on people getting belts. Right, right. He's the one making the decision on what he's going to tolerate from students. And some of not it maybe us, it is you know outside I mean? of their control too. Who knows? You know? Absolutely. Who knows? But that's like that's the most to the that I can say of anything, because mm-hmm. you're the I mean you're the guy who will say every people say it to me they're like, dude I don't see you as someone that gets like pissed off. No, which yeah. is funny because I I know that I'm very competitive and I have a I have a let's say a hot streak, but it's really hard to get it going because I'm just. Life is good, man. I get to train jujitsu as that's much as I what, do. What, like this yeah, is awesome. Like the, everybody should leave here yeah, happy. It's right? fucking like, awesome. You know, so. that's the thing. Jiu-Jitsu is awesome. So in that respect, I think, uh, let's go get our jujitsu on. Yeah, man. Is it, is it almost time? It's getting ready. It's, it's, it's getting, getting close. 
You got to roll your muscles and stuff, right? Like no, I, 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 because I, I worked out in the morning. I just am in a perpetual loosened state. Are you? How, well, that's Are you like doing pushups in the bathroom in between? No, but I'm just not like, like I'll do the, I'll do the deep stretching before my first workout. Okay. Now I'll do light, a little light stretching to go, but I'm pretty. So worried. how much time, like, so recently your, your training schedule's changed. Were you like, what was the break between you having to like, like what, it, what's your cutoff? If it's like, if it's beyond two and a half hours from my previous workout, I will roll out my muscles. If it's with, no, that. I'm just saying like right now, unless I have a nagging injury, yeah, I just want to roll out once a day oh, really? before my, mm. before I do my training. Now I'm like, I'm quote loose still. I haven't right, tightened. Right. I don't feel like I've tightened up. You know, plus I'm going yeah, to do the warm up. Yeah, you didn't go home and take a nap. Right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I plus I'm going to want to warm up with everybody, and right, that'll yeah. loosen myself up too. Yeah. But I don't need to do the the rolling now. If I had, for example, like knots in my back, then that's something I want to hit as as much as I can. Mm. But <clears throat> that's where it's at. So, what are your goals today? We 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 haven't asked this question in a while because we haven't um, recorded a podcast prior. So, to class. since I will be responsible for the development of the Tuesday Thursday morning students. Mm-hmm. Clean up my details on the clock joke. There we and, go. And you know that's that's a big thing, and and really produce a replicable uh, result that Paul can produce in the evening classes in the morning students. So okay. that's my that's my goal to be the best student or be the best teacher I can be, mm-hmm. and make make those six a.m.s as consistent with the curriculum you're seeing Absolutely. in the evening, so that when when they show up on a random Saturday, whatever the case is, they're not they're lost, good to go. You know, perfect. Because they deserve to be looked at just the and promoted just the same. So. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that I think that's I think that's laudable. It's something we've talked about extensively, of of I think being a good idea, and it's I think it's actually finally coming to fruition, and that's good. You know that there's yeah. consistency now from a curriculum point of view. Not necessarily that's all written down and spelled out, but that the way it's working out is you're able to come in on a Saturday and see the material yeah. ahead of time and know that's what's being taught yeah. during and the week. And on a Monday, so it's super fresh. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you're here Monday, too, so you see Monday evening. Yeah. Because sometimes Saturday is its own thing. Or and then, like, I come on Tuesday, of, and it's like, you know. Exactly. So now you're actually, because of the way the schedule is now, you get to come in the first evening class and see what the curriculum is going to be for the week, so yeah. then you know. I mean, like, because if, if Paul were to just be like, this is what we're doing, I, I would figure it out and teach it my own way but you get to actually see it exactly you that's, that's the biggest and see the thing, details yeah. he's emphasizing and and, and that's helpful for you but, nonsense, but also helpful so. for maintaining the the curriculum mm-hmm. too but that's awesome man how well, about yeah, you me what are you half guard kimura twister side half it's a lot run. of goals don't, man don't get z guard don't get no i mean but no so i'm i'm my half guard is z guard like oh okay, i'm I realizing that i'm leaning towards not like nobody wants to play half guard with someone actually on them. Hmm. Like even the tight waist series, like they're not on you. Right, right, right. So if they beat your knee and they're actually putting their weight on you, that's kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. Like there are things like that. That's where I go into my, to me, that's the last resort where now I'm trying to like either get my knee shield back or I'm trying to like do something funky, like take their back. But the knee shield plays a heavy role. Like if you're doing the Shaolin or something, you're you're still using the knee shield. So I'm starting to, you know, just keep experimenting with half guard, throw in some Camorras action, and sprinkle in twister side when I get on top. You know, hmm. and then there are other 
like whenever I'm on someone's back, if I'm lucky enough to be on someone's back, I've been messing around with uh, doing attacking a triangle. I've said this before on many occasions. The tops, top, yeah. But I, I had I, I discovered a, a nice possible reaction from the opponents. I could get a free crucifix for free, depending on how they weave their arm. Because hmm. some guy weave their they weave their arm under my leg to break it. Right. And when they did, and I was getting uncomfortable, I just peeled off. I'm like, oh, wait, now I have a crucifix and a nice crucifix. You know, so it, it's, uh, I, I know this is unsolicited advice for the listeners, but I'm definitely having plenty of experiences now where if anytime you feel down about your disc, you're having a bad day, just stick with it. Take a day off or something if you want. And a few days later, you're going to be like, I love jujitsu again because something's going to happen or you're exactly. going to have another epiphany. And it's just, jujitsu is a lot of fun. So, or just watch something. Yeah. You get inspired. Yeah, this is awesome. So with that, we'll get ready. Shout out to John Rumsey. We were talking to him yeah, recently. He appreciated the again. shout outs. That's he cool that he's, he's, uh, he's got some cool announcements. And yeah, and he's actually he even though the gym's not open yet, he's in touch with the head instructor and has actually been I think doing some one on one with that guy. Yeah, and, and he's looking now to be teaching some cool things. Yeah. So. And I don't That's know a, I don't know if you replied to him directly I instead of in directly. the group you did. I did not. Okay, so that's your task. You want to share some teaching insights with him, how like, he structures yeah. his class to help him. But that's I'm happy for him. So to all the people out there that are not training yet, like Michelle and, and John and others, we feel your pain, and hopefully we'll be back on the mat soon. I mean, I, I can kind of empathize, but yeah. I'm also doing jiu-jitsu. So. <laughs> all right, guys, until next time.